Okay, so uh, here we are, episode number two of the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast. Bruce Gunther, my co-host, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks. Good. Good, good. Good. Well, hey, I'm excited to get back into the the, uh, the second episode of the podcast here. We're going to be talking about the biggest fantasy hockey surprises and disappointments in 2020, 2021. Um, and jumping right into it, our biggest surprises. Uh, for me, this year, I, I've got him on the roster. It's Vincent Trocek. Yeah, well, um, go cool. ahead. Okay, I just say he he looks like Vincent Trocheck from before, right? So before his his ankle injury, right? His ankle that he blew up that was a yeah was that yeah right? back in in Florida that was two years ago now I think right? Yeah, so he he looks like he's back to back to the Vincent Trocheck from before his ankle injury. He's he's been playing lights out. It's Back yeah, no, he's looking awesome. back. It's well, and playing on a, a deep, offensive-minded Carolina team, right? They're just they're out there. They they look really good. Um, he's got thirty-seven points in thirty-four games played. He's been playing um, some big minutes for them too, if I recall. Like I'm just gonna look here. Um, like he's averaging on the season eighteen and a half minutes a game, basically. So. He's been a guy too that typically has provided category coverage. Um, he's he's a volume shooter, provides hits. He uh, he's centering that second line, and I'm, I'm not sure of his power or his his faceoff percentage, but he, he's a guy that's typically done well in the dot too. I think so. He's always a guy that I've targeted in in drafts going back a couple years, and uh, <laughs> this year I I got fortunate because I picked him up. I, I think I drafted him actually, and then. You know, he kind of wasn't doing much for a few games. I dropped him. Yeah. Thought twice about it, right? You know, he had a, a game <laughs> yeah. where he put up two or three points. And we're like, okay, I, no, I got to pick this guy back up. And, yeah, and I'm glad That was I right did. after you dropped him, he did that. Yeah. and He had a hat trick that night. And then it's like, oh, crap, am I going to get him back? <laughs> and and I, I lucky enough, I did, right? Because he has been yeah. one of my best players this year. He, he's been incredible. So good to see him having some success after some injury problems. Um, yeah. You know, kind of related to that is Martin Nietzsche. So, kind of an unknown name, right? I, I, yeah, I, he's didn't been. Know. No, didn't, no, didn't know. I, who, I don't, didn't know who he was. Right, I, I knew he was on the team, but like you behind Teravine and Niederreiter and stuff like that, I just didn't know who he was. Right, so with Teravine being out, he's got the chance to play, and he's made the most of it. So. Yeah, again, 33 points in 40 games played. He, he's kind of he's playing on that second line with Vincent Trocek, and he's on the second power play unit. He's actually centering that second power play unit. So if you're in a, in a points-only league, um, probably a good guy to look at. Uh, he's he's going to provide some offense for you. Um, and, I mean, basically, if you, can, if you can get some exposure to any of these guys in Carolina – Right, it's a deep team. They're putting up points. Yeah. Um, they're they're. If I'm going to go back to the standings here and actually take a look, so you know, you look at these guys. 62 points. They're leading the Discover Central Division. Um, a plus 36 goal differential. Like they yeah. are having themselves a year, right? Absolutely. And like you said, they're a well-rounded team. They've got two lines that can score, almost three lines that can score. So it's. Well, yeah. When when Jordan Stahl is your third line center. I think you can feel pretty good about your team's prospects. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, he's behind so, Trocek. Oh, Aho is probably the Aho's first line. And then yeah, Trocek and yeah. install. That's a pretty formidable down the line, down the center. Yeah. Uh, 
this next one, I, I'm going to let you get into this one because I know you <laughs> picked this guy up and, you, and you're probably pretty excited about him. Uh, and that's yeah. Jason Robertson with the Dallas Stars. Yeah, and and the reason why Jason's got his spot is, again, it's all the injuries and stuff that's happened in Dallas there. And I was looking for, oh, I needed injury. I needed a thing to fill, so I'm doing some research. And I was flipping through the Twitter feed and saw that Robertson was had the most at the time when I picked him up about mid May or sorry mid March, he had had the most fantasy or most uh, points for a rookie in March, and I've got the uh, the young guy from Minnesota on my uh, on my fantasy team too on my ESPN team and figured well he's been doing pretty well so if he's doing better should probably pick this guy up and he's just been going nuts since like yeah he's um, what's he at thirty eight games played he's got thirty two points. Um not a ton of power play points. Like he's not, he's not a power play producer, right? For as, as much as I understand, it's, it's mostly, but no, it's, it's all, it's been five on five. Um, uh, I tried to save the one tweet. I had saw they had did a chart of uh, five like, goals per 60 on five on five. He was fourth yeah. in the league. So I didn't, uh, I didn't get to the whole thing to see who's on. I know McKinnon was first on the list, but I'm guessing McDavid and Drysaddle were probably the other two, and then he was he was right there. Right, that's 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 just incredible it, for a rookie. It's impressive. Right? Yep. I, I had to laugh. I was I saw something on Twitter, and, and someone said something about uh, they basically referred to him as the brother of of Nicholas Robertson for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, and it made me laugh, right? Because Nick Robertson, for as good as he's been in in the past, he hasn't really done much this year. And you know his brother has just been like he's been he's fantastic been for Dallas. Yeah, yeah, he's been fantastic. It's um, he's in you know he's on an 82 game pace of 69 points. Um, so he's looked good. Um, that would be you know close to 200 shots for the season too. So he's he's putting shots on goal as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just overall, he, he's making a bid for the Calder wow. here, and, and it's. Uh, it's really fun to see, especially on a team like Dallas. It's had so many problems. And what's amazing is, is he's still rostered in less than 50% in both ESPN and Yahoo. Like, yeah, you mentioned that. How, how, he can, how he can still be available in half of the half the leagues is amazing. Like, just the way he's been playing. It's, you have to pick no, this that, guy up. You just have to. Like, it's... that. Yeah. No, that blows my mind, actually, that his ownership is still so low. Because it, you look... I'll go back to Mantha quickly. You know, he... Uh, yeah. I think he's over eighty percent owned. He is now, right, yeah. Which, he, when he got when, uh, right after the trade, is it was everybody started picking him up. So, yeah, he's at eighty six and a half percent rostered right now, and um, which is funny, but it's just it's odd, right? That Jason Robertson would be have such low ownership still this this yeah. far along in the season. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dallas, you know I. Those guys have had so many injury problems. It's it's almost funny, right? Oh, injuries, COVID, snow. It's they just everything has been against them this season. It's like they started what two weeks late in the season. Yeah. Then then they yeah. get rolling. Then they get a blizzard that shuts down the state for like a week and a half, and then like yeah, just just not ideal, right? And they uh, no. You know, I, I'd made some speculative ads there. I, I took a shot on 
on Radulov and I took a shot on um, Ben Bishop a couple different times thinking he was going to be back. And of course you, you're reading the, on, on Twitter and, and from the beat writers and stuff and seeing what's going on. It, it really seemed like Ben Bishop was going to be coming back into the fold, but they, they just shut him down for the season, shut Radulov down for the season. Um, so those are two guys that I kind of have shuffled off to the side. Um, you know, I, I guess we'll talk about those guys a bit more in our biggest disappointments, but that that's something yeah. I I had to mention here too. Um, you know, For sticking sure. on theme here with our our biggest surprises is Yessi Puliarvi. Um, you know, we we touched on this in our last episode, but I, I'm shocked he's come back and he's made such an impact. Um, you know, the numbers aren't huge; like he's got 16 points in 42 games, but what's really been impressive is his play away from the puck right well he's like confident he, again right so he went yeah. he went home and played for a season there and he got his confidence back when when he left here two seasons ago he was not a he was not a confident player he was just he was very unhappy he went back home he basically lit the league up that he was and come back here and you can just see and it's he's got confidence he's He's the player that the Oilers drafted at, at three, right? So he's this is the player they were looking for. So it just took him a little bit longer to get there than they had hoped, but he's there now and he'll continue moving forward. He's going to be a heck of a player if he keeps up at this rate. Well, and he's just defensively, like you see him back check and he makes good plays. He's got he's got such a long reach, right? He's got a, a, a long stick. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised sometimes I look and I go, oh, like who made that play, right? I, he's back checking on guys that he shouldn't be stopping and, and mm-hmm. makes it look easy. And then one thing I like about him too, is he's so good down low in the offensive zone. Like he, he'll protect the puck and he keeps plays alive. Like when he was here previously, he was a guy that the play would die with right quite often. Yeah. It was, it was dying on his stick. And this year he's actually extending plays. Yeah. No and big so, body in the corner. He's been, yeah, he's been doing well. Yeah, no, so that that's really good to see, I think, for the Oilers moving forward. And they've got him locked up here for another season for next year um, yeah. at a reasonable cap hit. I think he's at a million and a half dollars a season. So, so somewhere in that range, right? He's he's not yeah. costing a lot to hold on to him. If he can take a step next season, he'll be in for a big raise when his contract's due. Yeah, more more cap problems for the Oilers to deal with, I guess. <laughs> well, I just hope he hope he can keep he can keep progressing, right? Because that's a that's a good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Oilers are a little short on skilled forwards in their top six, so. Well, yeah, and it, you know they've they've got some work to do there, but it, you know, I haven't looked at their cap situation. Um, I, I know they've got a lot of guys coming off the books this summer, right? A lot of free agents, um, and a lot of a lot of cap room. So they they should be in good shape. I think this will be a season for the Oilers to kind of make some changes and. Yeah. Hopefully, surround Drysaitel and McDavid with some more talent, but yes. time will tell. You bet. All right. So the next guy we had on our list here was uh, was Samuel Gerard. So you know, right now he he's basically ranked as a as a top ten defenseman in terms of fantasy. Um, you know, he's playing on arguably the best team in, yeah. in the league this year in the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I believe he's playing on that top pairing. Um, you know, despite Kale McCarr 
really being their true number one guy there, but it, it looks yeah. like Gerard is playing with Devin Tays on their top pairing on that line with uh, Laniscog, McKinnon, and Ratman. And I mean, he he's another guy who's just been a, a lot of fun to watch, right? He, he's putting yeah. up a lot of points. He's been, yeah, yeah. for me, he's been one of the biggest surprises. I know in the past he's he's been, you know, okay, but um, but this year he really kind of broke out. He's playing. Yeah. He's averaging over 24 minutes a game in the last uh, in the last week or two here, yeah. and on the season he's about 23 and a half, 24 minutes a game. So yeah. basically, well, he, been a sorry. Go ahead. So he got his chance when McCarr went down earlier in the season there. So he had a chance to move up, and he took full advantage of it, and then is still and still playing at that high level. So they he's basically they can't. Well, he's playing. You can't take him out, right? He just he took the ball and run with it, and he's still running with it. So it's and for Colorado, that's a good thing to have. Yeah, well, they've got to have one of the deepest decors in the league, right? I mean, uh, you look at what they've so. done with that defense core with Kale McCarr, uh, Bowen Byram, Sammy Gerrard. You've got guys like Eric Johnson, who he's not even he's not even playing right now. He's injured, right? No. Like that's a guy yeah. who. He, he's a he's a top pairing defenseman for you under normal circumstances too. Yeah. So, pretty impressive what they've done there. Absolutely. Um, I guess I, I kind of I skipped over this one. I was just thinking of it, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it as Oilers fans. Darnell Nurse. Is he not yeah. one of the biggest surprises of the the NHL regular and fantasy season? Absolutely. It's Nurse has been playing absolutely incredible. The amount of minutes he's been playing, he's produ- producing like it's just yeah, it's just incredible. Like he it, this he's a guy that I in in years past I've you know he's he's he can be frustrating, right? Because there's growing pains. Yeah. And it's a young team and, and he's been put in a lot of tough situations. Um the offense hasn't always been there, but you look this year on the season, he's got twenty eight points. I believe he still leads all NHL defensemen in goals. Uh, if he's not leading it, he's close, right? He's top two yeah. or three. Um, plus 20, 42 pims, 117 shots. Like he, he's providing complete category coverage. And that's something we have not seen from him in the past. He's always kind of been a really good secondary option, but he's yeah. even getting first power play unit time um, over Tyson Berry at times, right? Yeah. He's, yeah, it's, with Clefbaum going down, he had the opportunity to step up and and solidify his spot, and he's done that plus more. It, and I think that was probably part of it, right? He was he, he was given an opportunity with Clefbaum being out to to finally take the reins. Yeah, and Barry's and, start with the Oilers wasn't exactly the greatest either. So he uh, he took full advantage of that spot, and now that Barry's found his footing, I believe they're still playing together. At it's like pick your poison. Which one do you want? Do you want Barry or do you want do you want Nurse? It's it doesn't matter. One stays back, one goes. It's trouble either way. It's yeah, yeah. No, it, the, the, he's always been a he, he can move the puck right. He moves the puck up ice. He, he and yeah. one thing is the chemistry he has with uh, with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Like that. That's the future of your team right there. Right, those three guys. Yeah. Oh, like but, that power yeah, I, play is lethal no matter who you put on it, right? Whether it's Barry or Nurse, that power play is just lethal. Well, it's it, hard to follow up from last year, right? I think the Oilers had their their best power play um, in something like 40 years. 
Yeah. So they're not really going to yeah. be able to replicate what they did last season, but they've been darn close, right? They've looked really good again on the power yeah. play. It took them a little bit to get going this year, but it's... Yeah. So, yeah, no, that that's kind of... I mean, for me, those are probably uh, some of the biggest surprises. I guess not really a surprise, but a guy we should probably talk about um, is Kaprizov in, in Minnesota, right? And that that's a guy that... Uh, that you were smart enough to go and, and pick up. I think you picked him up off the wire, right? Yeah, he had a. He started hot and then he faded there for a bit. And I, one of the teams dropped him, and I was all over that. So I, I, I'm a big fan of his. So I listened to an interview with I think it was Jared Spurgeon, and he says the guy just breathes life into the locker room. He says a lot of this, and they see a lot of the stuff that has gone on in Minnesota this year is a result of him him playing this year. Just it's excitement. The way he plays, it's just I forget the nickname they had for him. Because he did t shirts up and the whole thing for him. It was yeah, it's <laughs> they love they love him down there and yeah, it's it's watching him but play it's just he's amazing. He's uh he's playing on that top left wing position with Victor Rask and Natsu Corello in Minnesota. And he's also um, top power play, right? He, he's yeah. getting some exposure to some really good players there. He's uh boy, what's he up to 36 points in 43 games played. I mean, as a, I think he's arguably your, your runaway candidate for the Calder, right? I, I yeah. I, I don't I know if you can make an argument realistically for anybody else. Yeah. Robertson's, Scoring himself into into the into the equation, but I think if you look at the full season, I think Kaprizov is has got it. Cause, yeah, because he's just he's just breathed life into that entire team because they weren't expecting anything really out of Minnesota this year, and no, they've just been incredible, right? So they've got a decent, they've got a good defense. Talbot and their uh, the rookie goaltender there has been they both have been fantastic. So it's but a lot of well, them contributed and, and- to. To Kaprizov just coming in, and they're sitting comfortably in third spot in the Honda West Division. So they're yeah. fifty-seven points in forty-three games. Uh, they're they're a plus seventeen goal differential. So this is a team like they've typically been a, a more defensive-minded hockey team. Yes, but now they've got a couple guys there. Kevin Fial is another one. Um, yeah, not not a surprise, but he. I mean, he had kind of a breakout season last year, where he was basically yeah. a point of game down the stretch. Now he he hasn't been quite the same this year for whatever reason. Um, he's still in that first power play unit, and he is playing kind of top six or top nine minutes here for Minnesota. But you know, Kaprizov's basically come in and taken over the role that that he played last year, right? Yeah. So yeah, they're they're all of a sudden they're a lot more fun to watch. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah, they were not fun to watch before. No, I those those are games that I would cringe right when we had to when the Oilers would play Minnesota and. When they're in the sleep. same division, and Minnesota would just own the Oilers. Seemed like every year, every time, yeah. And it was boring hockey, right? It'd be, it'd be two yeah. one two one losses for you know for the Oilers or three two whatever. Yeah, they just put you to sleep, right? It's literally put you to sleep. Trap hockey, and and you'd fall asleep. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, what was I going on about here? I had another thought in my mind, but it just eluded me. So that's okay. Oh, I was going to talk about the goaltending in Minnesota. Um, 
you know, Talbot and Kapanen. So again, those are guys that you had or have on your roster. Have, yep. And um, they've been a pretty good duo, I think, in fantasy here too, right? I, I got to check their uh, their stats here. But uh, what, what are your thoughts? Like you, you would know better than I would. It's been a very nice surprise. So I when I picked them up in the draft, I kind of picked up Talbot as a. Oh, I have I have the two goalies from Vegas, so that was my my original play, and then I needed a third one, so I thought I'll try Talbot out in Minnesota and see see what happens, right? So with Kaprizov, they started off really well, and then Talbot got hurt. Was it hurt or was it COVID? I can't remember which which one it was. Yeah, I don't. Remember. And then. And then the rookie goalie come in and he, and he stole the show there for a couple of weeks while Talbot was out. And then Talbot's come back and he's kind of taken, taken over the first, uh, the first chair again there in, in Minnesota. But again, the team's been playing well and both goalies have been playing well. So the only time they really had a bad time, they played, uh, they played Colorado, I think, in a back to back, just as Colorado was finding themselves and well. It was pretty ugly for those two games, but that's really the only blemishes they have. Otherwise, they've been they've been playing well. Yeah, yeah. Capo Kakinen, um, like he, yeah, like you said, he looked good early in the season, right? He, uh, a, a guy that I didn't know, right? I had I knew nothing yeah. about Capo Kakinen before he had played this year. Yeah, I didn't either, but I've been I was following the Wild on Twitter, and it's like, okay, let's see what's going to happen here, right? And yeah, the kids come in and played well, so it's. Well, I'm just looking here at Cam Talbot's numbers. So, um, 24 games played, 14 wins, a 9.22 save percentage, and a 2.42 goals against average on the season with two shutouts. And in the last uh, seven days, he's looking at a 9.23 save percentage. So, Cam Talbot has looked—he's looked really good. I mean, yeah. he, he kind of—it's it's flashes of that 2016-2017 Edmonton Oilers team, right? When he came over. Yeah. And, you know, losing out to Anaheim in the second round, game seven. We won't get yeah, that was just that was an insane season. But he, you know what? And he was so good that uh, that I made the the stupid mistake of drafting him in the first <laughs> round. The following season, I I thought for sure the Oilers were gonna it was gonna be a forty win season, and he was gonna have seven shutouts or eight shutouts. But yeah, it, it was not meant to be. It D- didn't didn't quite work out that way. Eighteen season <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. But, but too, uh, I, and then, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I can say it, it's. I kind of put Talbot and Dubnik together. It's like that 2016 run was fantastic, but I don't quite put 2017 all on Talbot. That's more on the team that was in front of him. Like the defense just wasn't there the following season, and a lot of games they hung him out to dry. So it was. It wasn't all on Talbot. No, no, not at all. I mean, it was, they just didn't look good, right? It was yeah. lots of problems there. Um, let's take a look here. I just wanted to see Cabo Cack and his numbers. I mean, uh, on the season, he's at a 9.10 save percentage, but, you know, in the last week or two, he's looking at a 9.29. So he, he's been pretty good too, right? Yeah. Hats off to Cabo Kakinen and to uh, Cam Talbot in Minnesota. Absolutely. All right, so... You know, moving on, I think we should get into our, our biggest disappointments of the season. Um, I'm going to jump off here with and, and start with Sean Monahan of the Calgary Flames. This is a guy that I drafted, um, but he, he's been bad. I, I In past years, he's looked really good with Johnny Goudreau. But, man, like I, I don't even know what to say about this guy. He just uh, 
very very quiet year it, things just haven't gone well in calgary right it's been a it's been a down year yeah th- things in calgary have not they started off seemed to start off okay when you hear that but lately it just seems to just come off the rails completely right so it's well and and now i think he's actually they've moved him off that uh off that top line and he's actually playing on the second line now with Mangiapani and dylan dubé who right. You know, like you like those guys a little bit for different reasons, but you know, in terms of fantasy relevance, there, there's not a lot there, right? I mean, if if Sean Monahan's playing with those two at even strength, yeah, it's uh, well, so they got and Lindholm between Goudreau and Kachuk on the first line, so that's but yeah, you no, know, they what? just it, it looks like Monahan's actually been moved off that first power play unit, too. So he's not even getting top power play usage. Like it, you know, if he's a guy that you've been holding on to for, uh, you know, for namesake for, you know, you know, he's in my, I've already dropped him. He's, he's a guy that I think this late in the season, moving into the playoffs there, there's better, better players out there. But yeah. for me, Sean Monaghan, big disappointment this year. Yeah. And actually if I, uh, let's look at his numbers here on the season. So he's 42 games played, 25 points, like nine goals. He's only got 89 shots. Not not a lot there to like, right? Oh. And in Sutter's system, they're not going to get a ton of shots anymore because he it's it's a defensive system. So he's not his chances yeah. off the rush. It's not good. Yeah, no, not they, pretty. They they need to do a. I think they've said there's going to be some major major surgery happening in Calgary in the off season. So. Wait and see who stays. Well, the only one we know who's staying for sure is Matthew Kachuk. That would be probably the only definite one that wouldn't wouldn't get moved. I think everything else. Well, and probably, probably up in the air. Probably Markstrom too, right? Because I don't I, with that contract. Uh, it's going to be tough to move him. So, yeah, he and he's he's played better of late. Yes. Uh we had touched on it. I had touched on it a bit earlier. Is uh, the next one is the Dallas Stars with all their injuries. I, I had mentioned Ben Bishop and Radulov um, specifically being done for the season. I mean, that's got to be a pretty big disappointment considering that back in October, I think it was um, Ben Bishop had had gone and he had surgery. I think it was on a torn meniscus, and the timeline was five months. And then all of a sudden, it's been it's been looking like he's going to come back this year in time for playoffs or time for the regular season. He's not going to play this year. Um, Alexander Radulov, same thing. He's he's actually had a pretty good year. I think he had 12 points in 11 games when he did play, but he just couldn't yeah. stay healthy this year. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on those two players and uh, and the Dallas Stars in general? Uh, it's coming out of the gate. It's just like, okay, so they're the first team in the NHL to end it with COVID. So they don't start for two weeks after everyone else is playing for two weeks. They come in, they finally get their legs underneath them. Texas gets wiped out with a snowstorm and shuts the state down for like a week and a half. So they're out another week and a half. You're arguably missing your, you're already missing Sagan and Bishop, right? So then now Radulov is out. So they've had to lean a lot on their younger players. And even then, just everything, right? So I think Ropey Hints has been a a game time, a game time decision since the beginning of the season. Gurionov, actually, hey, with Rupe Hans. Like, I'm pretty sure on, on the Twitter thing, it's like 
now for our daily Roby Hints tweet, is he going to play or not? Well, we don't know. It's like, yeah, Gurionov has been hurt. Kivirand has been hurt. Like, and we talked about in the previous podcast earlier, you look at Robertson. He's had the opportunity to come in and play some big minutes, and he's made full uh, full marks for his uh, for his spot. He's made the most of it. He just took the ball and ran with it. Yeah, no, he has absolutely. So, and um, then on the on the back end too, they've got like Heavy Bullen's been inconsistent. So, Ottinger uh, has been Ottinger yeah. has been has played really well in in the time that he's had to as well. So, which has kept them in it. So. They're not all. Oh, they're what? They're three points ahead of Nashville, and they've got three games in hand. So they still got a chance. It, yeah, it's, you know, I was looking at that earlier today, actually, and I was, you know, they're they're not quite out of it yet, and, and they're going to push, right? I mean, they've got four games next week. Uh, oh, against I think they're all against Detroit. They're all against right? Detroit. So, and I mean, on paper, that's a team that you think, okay, Dallas should be able to come out of that with some wins. Yeah. Um, but they, Detroit's been better too, right? They're kind of, they're playing up the string now. So Detroit's yeah. like, they could be dangerous, like you said earlier. And in our last episode, I think it was. And, you know, with Verona and those guys coming in, maybe not easy yeah. outs, but on paper it should be. And, yeah. you know, Dallas, yeah. like you said, is a few points back that they still could make. And, and they've, with games in hand. And, yeah. Well, yeah, plus and 13 two, differential. Yeah. And Detroit's not a team to sleep on because, like we mentioned, I think in the previous podcast, those guys are playing for jobs. There's most of that team's contract is up either at the end of this season or the end of next season. If they don't have yeah. a good showing, they're not going to be around next year. Stevie Y is not going to keep them around. So, no, nope. don't sleep on Detroit. They could uh, they could mix. They may not make the playoffs, but they're going to make life ugly for a lot of people in the Discover Discover they're, Central they're gonna Division. Play, yeah, they're going to play spoiler, right? And yeah, they're going to they're going to cause and, trouble for somebody in, in a flat cap era. Right, like you're fighting for jobs, and and if you're not, yeah. if you're not performing, like you're you're gonna be gone, and and you're gonna get a lot less than you would in a typical season where the, the yeah. cap might be moving a bit. So, yeah, um, I you know we I didn't have this down to talk about, but now that I'm thinking about it, um, I I gotta say I think Miro Heiskin has got to be another guy who you're maybe a little bit disappointed with this year. Yeah, if I haven't heard his name a whole well, any even any of them. Haven't heard a whole lot on, on from their defense this year. It's, it's pretty been quiet, quiet right? Yeah, like this was a guy when they when they went to the Cup final last year. Like guys were talking about Mirajkin, like he was going to be the next Nick Lidstrom, right? Like he was, yeah. he was going to win the, the the Norris. And you know, looking this year, he's got twenty two points in forty three games played. So from an offensive output perspective, not it's, it's not it's yeah. not bad, right? It's not terrible, yeah. but he. I, He's just been kind of quiet. I, there's not been a lot of talk about Miro Heiskanen. So, but that could just be more circumstantial than anything. Um, but if um, you were a guy that drafted him early, I'm, I'm sure you're a little bit disappointed, right? Yeah, probably. Um, moving on from Dallas here, we got the Buffalo Sabres. And, you know, not to, to kick a, to beat a dead horse or kick a guy when he's down, but the Buffalo Sabres have been absolutely atrocious this year. Um, yeah. You know, Taylor Hall, two goals in 30-some games played. Jack Eichel, similar story. Rasmus Dahlin, with the exception of recent games, I think he's looked good in the last uh, five or ten games here now, right? Yeah. But beyond, like, previously, he had looked bad, too. And uh, so you've got all these guys in your roster, so, Bruce, I'll, I'll let you carry that away. Yeah, so uh, 
Well, up basically up until just before the trade deadline. So that 18-game losing streak was just, oh, just like... Ugly. It's like watching Wiley Coyote try to catch the Roadrunner over and over again. Just when you think you're getting there, here comes the anvil right to the head. It's just... Yeah. And and you watch the Buffalo games. It's It's just simple things that were just killing them, right? It's... And they've had their issues too, like Eichel with his neck and Hall's not scoring. They can't keep a Omar because out again with an injury. So it's they traded their young guy away to Colorado for for depth. Now here, since well, since they managed to end their losing streak, they have played a lot better. And even after oh, yeah. the trade deadline here, once Hall was moved, so you look at they got some of the young guys. So Middlestad has stepped up now and is. He's playing really well. He's had points, I think, in the last four or five games. Dalene has found his game. They dusted off Dustin Tatarski, and he's been playing well for them in net, giving them some quality quality saves as well. So, uh, Well, if we're looking at um, like Dalene, just to go back to Dalene for a second, he's got uh, yeah. three points his last four games, right? I mean, yeah. And, and beyond that, actually, uh, he had quite a stretch there. He's got... Four, five, six. He's got a, you know, probably eight or nine points his last ten games played. So all of a sudden, Rasmus yeah. Dahlin looks very, very good. And I mean, you got to be pretty happy with that because you you were probably one of the few fantasy owners that actually held on to Dahlin right through yeah, the I, end, and now yeah. it's paying off, right? Absolutely. It's yeah. Never expected Buffalo to. On my Yahoo side, I went. I went all in. I went Hall and. Eichel thinking that's going to be a great pairing, and well, Eichel's so on. Much. Eichel's on IR. It's a keeper league, so I'm not. Uh, I'm not dropping Eichel for any anything. Just because I don't. Yeah. Just in yeah. case we would keep him for next season, and yeah, it's. And, but they're playing better. Well, Go I was going to say talking about keeper leagues. I, I think uh, I've got Dalene in our our Yahoo league there too. So. Um, yeah. I guess I, I do benefit from that as well a little bit, seeing him bounce back. But no, they've got some, they brought some young guys in and and they're like the two consistent fantasy relevant players for Buffalo through the whole season has been Ryan Hart and Olofsson. They've been their two most consistent all the way through. Yeah. Uh, Skinner well, it, is pretty, go ahead. I was going to say Olofsson went quiet there for a bit, right? I think he, but yeah. now he's bounced back again. You look the last five yeah. games played, he's he's been pretty consistent there. So yeah. Um, I guess another guy we should talk about probably is uh, Casey Middlestat. Yes, uh, since the trade deadline, he's he seems to have, uh, as uh, one of their beat writers put it, the light has seemed to come on for Middlestat since uh, since Eichel went down in the trade deadline. He's had I think points in the last five games, and they say he looks he looks like the player that they they originally drafted him for. So it's. I know I yeah, like, I picked him up in in Yahoo for for my best of the basement brackets and playoffs. <laughs> well, I, and I picked him up today in our ESPN league, thinking uh, I think he's got four games this week. Three of them are against yeah. Boston, so not not great matchups. But um, yeah, I, I I think he's been a point per game player for the last ten games or so, and um, so even if I just grab him for the week, and if he's not so great, well. 
you know, this is if, if, yeah. if I don't win this week, it's I don't have to worry about it beyond that. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's exactly it, right? Where you got to be all in on the playoff weeks, otherwise, can't yeah. play it. You got to play because if you lose, you're done. It's that's right. Well, I, and I guess we'll kind of get into some waiver wire targets on the next episode here, but um, yeah, before we get too far down that path, let's the, the last one I had on our, our list of biggest disappointments this year was uh, Carter Hart for Philadelphia. And um, so I'm, I'm going to pull up his numbers here because I don't know exactly what they are. But I do know for a fact that Philadelphia has been terrible this year. Which is surprising consider, considering the depth they have on that team. It's really surprising. But so they're another Carter team Hart. that got COVID hit, hit them pretty hard too. So they, did. They, were, they were doing well until COVID hit them. And then coming back from COVID, they just haven't been the same team. Well, yeah, you hit the nail in the head. Um, if you look at their roster, they've got guys like like JBR has had a fantastic year by his standards. Yes. Um, you know, Claude Giroux, Travis Konechny, uh, yeah. Voracek, Provorov, even even Gosses Bear has kind of come back this year. And uh, he's not quite the guy he was two or three years ago, but he's looked pretty good, right? Yeah. So, but, you know, the unfortunate thing is, is Carter Hart – terribly inconsistent like he's he, 25 games played nine wins an 877 save percentage and a 3.67 goals against average um yeah I was... so bad yeah right like not good numbers and yeah. uh like he's fallen right out of the top 25 rankings um yeah like he, he's not anywhere close and he's been so bad in fact they they actually benched him right for two games recently uh yeah they took him out for what did they what did they call it uh mental reset is what they call it yeah and, but, and probably needed right like yeah. a young kid well, like that he's only he's only 22 isn't he yeah like young, he's young just kid. he's just young so that's probably the best thing to do with him because he's going to be in philly's plans long term for a long time and yeah, yeah so get it take care of him get his mindset because yeah i think you look at the way he played last year like he was incredible last year I carried him on one of my, I think I had him on one of my fantasy teams last year going through. He was great. Like, yeah. so now he's young still. So, no running consistency, he'll figure it out and he'll be back and he'll be a monster again. Well, and, and in keeper leagues, that's a guy you want to, you want, you want to hold on to, right? You're not going to, absolutely. Him. I'm not, if I'm, I'm not dropping Carter Hurts. I know a lot of people say drop him. I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't I, drop him unless you're desperate in the playoff that you, that you need to fill in, that you can find a better one on the wire to pick up the, do that for playoffs. But if you're playing keepers, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not dropping hard at all. Not a chance. No, in season long leagues, I, I'd say, you know, depending on who's on the wire and who you've got in goal currently, you, you could probably drop him, right? Like, yeah. Cause really he's not looked very good, but in a no, keeper league. Philly as a whole hasn't looked that great, but. No. No, I has been okay. I, I've I've held on to him. Yeah. I at times had considered dropping him this year, but he's he's yeah. been he's been fairly consistent. Yeah. Um but that's kind of that's more the exception than the rule for the Philadelphia Flyers this year. Yeah. Like I've got JVR and Giroux and I picked up JVR when I was on his huge hot streak there before the COVID hit and Giroux's just been yeah. consistent all the way through. But other than that, you don't know if you can really say that about much any of the other Philadelphia players. Like it's They've been very no, inconsistent. It's, it's been ugly. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I guess, Bruce, with that, that's uh, that's kind of what we had lined up for this episode, our second episode of the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast. 
Um, stay tuned for episode number three. We're going to go over some waiver wire targets for fantasy playoffs heading into uh, next week for most season-long leagues. Um, so if you guys are looking for information, check out our website, fantasyhockeyhacks.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FHHHacks um, or on Instagram. And uh, we're going to have some videos up on YouTube here as well uh, in the near future. So, Bruce, thanks, uh, thanks for stopping by. Thank you.